0: American soccer fans, what's going on? Welcome to episode 11 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. It's your boy Donald here. Hope you all had a great Memorial Day weekend and have had a good week thus far. A lot of soccer going on this week and this weekend. As most of us begin the early stage of emerging from this quarantine into the new normal, we have some soccer going on in the Bundesliga and the two Bundesliga, but. We also have some major soccer leagues coming back, like the Premier League. We will discuss that, and we will debate the enhanced crowd audio that has been the talk of the town on these Bundesliga broadcasts. After the break, we will discuss a few of the jerseys that some teams here in the United States have released in the past couple weeks that have been absolute fire to add to your collections. We begin, however, with the return of major European soccer, In the next few weeks, as Thursday, the Premier League announced that it will resume its season on June 17th. La Liga announced a few days before that, that they're going to restart on June 12th. And Serie A is also shooting for the resumption of their league around the same date. Now, all of these leagues joined the Bundesliga, which, as you all out there know, had its restart back on May 16th. These leagues are all back in training, though they're all at different stages. Some are doing the individual training sessions, while others have progressed to full contact training. But it's going to be great to have more soccer back on our TVs as we hit the summer and we can go back to having everyone wake up at early o'clock or stupid early o'clock for those of you on the West Coast to catch some of the best teams in Europe play. The EPL is talking about even having quadruple headers to start the season, which is incredible. I, all we will have to do is just turn our TVs to NBCSN and even NBC and just throw the remote into the closet. We'll have eight hours a day of soccer. I love it and I cannot wait for it. I don't have a Premier League team. I know a lot of you out there do, but that doesn't stop the excitement of the Premier League coming back on June 17th. Here on this side of the pond, We will have the first major sports league return, and that is going to be the NWSL, Ladies First. The league announced this week that they will have a one-month tournament that will take place in Salt Lake City beginning on June 27th. It will be a 25-match tournament. It will begin with a preliminary round of games, which eight of the nine teams in the league will then move into a knockout bracket. Really, it sucks for that one team, but at least we will get soccer from all nine teams in the NWSL for a month. Those matches are all going to be streamed on CBS All Access with the opener and the final also being on big CBS. It would have been nice for CBS to put more of these matches on linear television, whether it was CBS or their CBS Sports Network. I know between CBS and Viacom, there are quite a few channels that they could have thrown games on, especially when there's not a lot of live sports going on during the day. But $6 a month, is what CBS all access costs. and for a month of soccer, that doesn't seem like a huge deal to me. So I highly encourage all of you out there to show your support for women's soccer in this country. Grab that all access for the month of July. It even has a week free trial for the streaming service. So you can take advantage of that. To me, that's a no-brainer. I'm super excited to see how this tournament unfold. and for the women to take center stage, you know, albeit for a few weeks, they'll be able to showcase their soccer to the United States. And I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing on the men's side, major league soccer is trying to finalize its own plans for a summer tournament right now. Their plan is for a tournament to take place right around the same time as the NWSL, but they will take place in Orlando. It'll involve all these 26 teams and they're trying to make their tournament last 10 weeks. Now, MLS seems to be kind of trying to rush things So that they're the first league to come back. But I think we'd all rather them do things in a safe manner and get everything on board, cross their T's, dot their I's. Everything that is necessary to make whatever tournament they come up with as safe as possible, they need to go ahead and do it. Particularly with their location being, uh, their proposed location at least, being in Orlando. The hang-up with a deal between the league and the players is really over two things. We have money and then we have time spent away from the families. Now 10 weeks was a complete non-starter for all players but particularly those who have families. We're in a weird world, you know, everyone's at home or at least starting to come out where things are slightly opening back up. But players didn't want to leave their spouses with, you know, at home. And go to a tournament where they're quarantined just by themselves and leave their spouses with the extra burden of taking care of children and maintaining the family home for that long. I mean, it's a new normal. Not everything's open. It's still recommended for people to maintain social distancing and to avoid large gatherings. It's equally it's incredibly difficult to do that by yourself. And is even more difficult when you throw children into the mix. So the league seems to be hoping that. Proposing a shorter time frame, maybe around five to six weeks, will be more acceptable for the players. We will continue to follow that, but if all goes well, come late June, the NWSL and MLS will be playing some soccer along with the top four European leagues. So we're going to go from not a lot of soccer or trying to find, in my case, trying to find the Belarusian Premier League or the K League or even Estonia or the Faroe Islands. We're going to go from that to having a plethora of soccer to watch every single day. So I know I'm excited. I know you guys are all excited for this soccer to finally get, you know, come back. Get your rest now because come June, we're going to have sensory overload and it's going to be a wonderful thing. Shifting gears to the Bundesliga, if you've been watching. The league since it restarted a couple weekends ago, you've probably noticed the addition of some extra audio to some of the broadcasts. While the teams have been playing in empty stadiums in Germany, many fans felt that the return of soccer was kind of weird, in that they're playing in empty stadiums. There was no sound of packed crowds and chanting, which is really what separates the Bundesliga. That's what the Bundesliga hangs their hat on: is their packed crowds, their chanting, their their atmosphere. And now we just have the echoes of what isn't there, the fans. So recently, we have heard artificial crowd noise added to some of these broadcasts. Now, I will mention that it's not Fox that's adding this audio. You know, Fox has been showing games on FS1, FS2, and Fox Soccer Plus, but they're not adding the crowd audio on their end. The audio is being added by the Bundesliga and their feed that goes out to broadcast partners all around the world. And those partners have the option of having the feed with crowd audio or without the other thing about this audio is that it seemingly reacts to what we're seeing on our screens. It has cheers. It has boos, It has whistles. The the chanting goes up and down and and ebbs and flows based on how the team is going. But for me, it hasn't always been accurate. I'll take you back to last weekend. SC Cullen is, is hosting Fortuna Dusseldorf. It's a huge rivalry in that part of Germany. And between those two cities, they hate each other. Those, those two teams hate each other. The two cities hate each other. It's supposed to be a big rivalry, and they're playing in a, in a closed stadium, which makes sense given the times we're in, but it's, it's unfortunate that we don't get that atmosphere. So they enhanced it with crowd noise, piped in artificially into the broadcast. But the problem was the, the enhanced audio, the crowd noise, if you will, was cheering for Dusseldorf when they scored while it would hear some good play by the home team in Cologne. Like, it was less than ideal, but the home team was not getting the crowd that we were getting on TV. Also, what's really weird is that the broadcasters and the players do not hear this audio. It's just us. It's just added after that fact. So you would hear a broadcaster talk about the emptiness of the stadium, the lack of noise, the 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 atmosphere being gone. And we were hearing crowd noise on TV. So that was less than ideal, but really what it is, is the debate of crowd audio versus no crowd audio has kind of dominated social media during all of these matches. Some fans like it, some fans don't. For those who enjoy it, it's a return to that pre-COVID normalcy that we've been missing. It kind of makes you, feel like at least for in the world of soccer that things are starting to kind of be whole again and for the critics it's thick noise added to a sport that prides itself on its authenticity for me i don't think i like it i mean for one the audio is messed up it doesn't provide the up and down poetry soundtrack of the game that we are used to it's it's kind of It's trying to replace it, but it's not actually replacing it. You hear the audio and think it's a packed crowd, and then you look in the stands to see no fans, and that disconnect just isn't being made up. Also, in this new normal that we're living in, the Bundesliga and other leagues, I feel, should embrace it. We now have a chance to hear what it really is like on the field for the players and for the coaches, and even for the refs. How do they communicate with each other on the field? How does the coach relay instructions or, or just you know, chant out instructions? How does this game flow with the players on the field moving as one cohesive unit? How does that break down? We have a chance to have that access and learn more about the players on the field that we're watching. And I think the Bundesliga and the broadcast partners should take advantage of this new normal to bring a new look to the game that we don't often get to see. Coming up, we're going to discuss some of the excellent jersey drops that have occurred over the past week or so. Who gave us the best-looking jerseys? Stay tuned to find out after this break. with you here on the Stars and Stripes NC podcast. We got to talk about some of the excellent jerseys that have been released in the past couple of weeks here in the United States. We start in the NWSL. A couple of weeks ago, the Chicago Red Stars came out with their neighborhood kit. Now, it's a white kit based off of the Chicago city flag, one of the most iconic city flags we have in our nation. It has the four red stars and the blue bars above and below it. However, the blue bars that are that you see in the Chicago city flag on the jersey are made out by the team listing every single neighborhood in the Chicagoland area, which is spectacular. That is a way that you pay homage to your city and your team. And the jersey goes well with their Elevate kit, their last year, their, their home kit that was released last year which is a light blue jersey that has the outline of a street map of Chicago with the detail all the way down to where Lake Michigan runs along Lake Shore Drive. They've routinely had some of the best jerseys in American soccer, and I think their new neighborhood kit was no exception. Well done, Chicago Red Stars. This is how you get us off on the right foot. Not to be outdone, though, the Portland Thorns said, hey, we got that work, too. Look. This past week, they dropped Jaws everywhere with the release of their new home and away kit. Their home kit is a black jersey, which is one of the first times in my in my recollection that they've been able to do that. A black jersey, sublimated rose patterns and red trim. And their away jersey is white jersey, but it has sublimated rose thorns in gray all across the front of their jersey. The away jersey is cool. It's not the best jersey to me. I, I prefer... uh you know, kits that aren't predominantly white, but I love the attempt that they did to remain true to the Thorns name. However, the home Jersey is absolutely phenomenal. It goes hard. The team did well with them. The amount of people I saw on the internet that already had them made me want to grab one. And I'm not a Portland Thorns fan. I'm personally waiting for the Washington spirit, my hometown team to release their new Jersey. And let's hope that they can keep the trend of beautiful kits going in the NWSL. But Portland Thorns, Chicago Red Stars, stand up and take a bow because both of you released exceptional kits in the past couple of weeks. Now, in USL League One, Ford Madison, everyone knows them by their jerseys. They always have some wild kits that are beloved by many, myself included. And last week, they dropped their new alternate jersey, which they call Drip. Let me tell y'all, this jersey is a whole lot of drip. This jersey is fantastic. Pink, light blue, black, white, in a wild pattern that kind of looks like you're mixing paint. But the best part about it is that the mixed pattern is set up to look like flamingos. Full mango. When I say that Ford Madison went full mango, they did it with this kit. It's really, really awesome. It's probably my favorite of the jerseys that came out over the past week, but that is... I mean, we're, we're splitting hairs if we're talking, you know, picking between, you know, the Red Stars and the Thorns and Fort Madison. We're splitting hairs here. Well done. Fort Madison coming out with their new drip, and it was a bunch of drip. Congrats to them. Finally, we have Providence City, which, is, uh, which came out with their new home jersey a few days ago that they call their Good Night Lights kit. Now, this has a cool story. It stems from a local tradition in Providence, Rhode Island, where businesses flash their lights at night to say hello to the children at the local children's hospital, to let them know that the community is thinking about them and is behind them. Providence took that theme and put it on their jersey, which I think is a really cool gesture. It's an off-white, almost light beige jersey with black trim, and it's got different local markings on it, and a collar with a button. Really well done to pay homage to a local tradition in their jersey. Really, they they are one of those teams that are always trying to come out with some new jerseys that get everybody talking. And they did that once again with their good night lights kit. We need more clubs in the United States pushing that envelope and producing jerseys that look good, that can be looks that their fans would be proud to see their team wear in the field and on the street. We have way too many cooker cutter jerseys in this in this country, blank white t-shirts and thing that probably messes me up the most the routine abandonment of identity. We need more teams embracing their identity and providing jerseys that back that identity and incorporating some of the elements from the places they call home is what we're looking for. We see that in the NWSL and in some of the l- lower leagues even if they have jersey templates. The NWSL is all Nike, but for some reason they are able to work around those templates work through them and bring the elements of their city to light in their jerseys. And I think that is wonderful. They have been lapping the field when it comes to producing jerseys that identify with the cities that they're in. It's time for all teams to get on that level. I'm looking at you, MLS. Everyone needs to take note of what was released last week and say, we can do better. We can push the envelope forward we can make a Jersey that can also resonate with our town. And that will do it here for us on the stars and stripes FC podcast. As always, I want to hear from you. What topics should we break down? And it's not just going to be me on here. It's going to be other people coming, but what topics should we be breaking down? What questions do you desire to have answered? Hit us up at SSFC at gmail.com. And also make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts We're going to have more soccer to talk about soon. Very, very soon. La League is coming back. Serie A is coming back. The Premier League is coming back. And we even have the NWSL and MLS on the way in the next couple of weeks. We can discuss more of what's happening on the field as we enter this new normal. But until then, we'll talk to you all real soon.